Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, we have our 2024 schedule, and it's time to do our way-too-early predictions. Is this team going to be better than last year's team? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. It's Super Bowl time, and the 49ers and Chiefs are in it again. BetOnline is your number one source for your playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to BetOnline today to stay updated on all the action. BetOnline, the game starts here. So, been a crazy offseason. We finally got Nick Gettis back on the pod. It's been a minute. Uh, But we got him back on because, frankly... We last year you weren't on this episode, Nick. It was me and Rob, and we were doing the way too early predictions. We didn't know when the schedule was dropping last year. This season, the Big Twelve came out and they knew they gave us ample time to know when the schedule was coming out. But Nick, how are you doing? How's the off season treating you so far? We got a long ways to go, but spring game coming up, schedule gets released. How you feeling? Yeah, we are. Uh, we're getting there, and with, even without football, I mean. Our basketball team has given us some unexpected, joyful moments, I guess, if you want to call them that. Um, so we're keeping our eyes. Or I, I'm not as locked into the basketball team just because I'm not a big basketball guy by general, in general. But it's been fun to at least watch them a little bit. I've tuned into a few more games now with no football, so that's awesome. Um, and even the Senior Bowl action taking place as we speak, and it sounds like one of our own, Javon Baker, is uh, doing pretty well. Doing pretty, pretty well. And, you know, I know we're getting the schedule, but just for a second, it's it's crazy how fast, like, things change. Remember a month ago, we did that that uh, video on uh, Javon Baker and if yep. he would return or go to the draft. And I was, like, scouting all the big boards, like, for all the big people that cover the draft, and I didn't see his name anywhere. And then I think PFF dropped, like, their their latest, like, top 250 or something like that probably, like, a week or two ago. And Javon Baker was like just outside the top 100. And I'm like, Mm. man, just like that, it changed. And all of a sudden, like, you know, I had no idea what his draft grade was. And now it looks like it's probably third round and perhaps rising at this moment. He's looked fantastic out there from the clips that I've seen. No, he's looked legit at the senior bowl. Like whatever DB he goes against, he he makes him look stupid. So, yeah, I, I had a I put out a tweet of one of the videos and I had a Chicago bears guy say, we need to take him on day two. So the, the sounds like early consensus is second or third round yeah. type pick, which I mean, listen, we I knew that I that thought, was the honestly. type. I mean, it's, it's so higher... loaded of a class, but so I didn't see him like being able to like 
rise above there. But obviously, all these other guys have access to the tape and everything. And clearly, it was really good because even before the Senior Bowl, like I said, he's just outside the top 100. He might sneak inside the top 100 before the Senior Bowl's over with. And that's the thing. I think people that follow or cover UCF kind of knew, okay, this kid is a second, third round type of talent. But, you know, politics and college football sometimes you know, talent dips. Like, Gabe Davis went fourth round. So, it's like, you never really know. He gets the invite to the Senior Bowl. He's showing out. He's now going to be going to the Combine, which he wasn't originally invited. Then he gets the invite to go to the Combine. Listen, and also, John Rice Plumley is getting a bunch of praise in the last week or so, where he's meeting with, he's basically met with almost every team. So, there's some noise where you could potentially have three UCF players get drafted. And obviously... We're almost into February, or technically when you're listening to this, it's February. So we've got months away from the draft, so we'll be able to talk about all those guys um, in the months leading up. But proud to see Javon Baker, and really good to see Javon Baker really uh, showing out at the Senior Bowl. But Nick, let's do some way-too-early predictions. Now, last year, we went over an hour. We're not doing that. We're not going over an hour on these picks, because as you just watched the entire Big 12 season... Anything can really happen. You have no idea what can happen on any given Saturday because that's the Big 12. That's the only conference in America in every single sport, it seems like, where on any given Saturday, you could lose a game. So, when it, what, Nick, let's start with this. What was your first impressions? Because I think a lot of people looked at the schedule, and let's be honest here, seven home games, five away. The schedule this year compared to last year is very favorable. You never have to go on the road back-to-back weeks. You have two bye weeks just like every other Big 12 team. And it seems like the Big 12 really kind of helped UCF out um, with the traveling aspect. They're home a lot more than they're on the road. Yeah, and they're going to knock out some of these road games. I think they have, of the five road games, at least one of them is back-to-back. So they're going to be spaced out a little bit, uh, which is good. Yeah. and, and clearly, there are some heavy hitters on the schedule. I mean, the Florida one sticks out to everybody. I think if you're a UCF fan or you live in Orlando, I think everybody's probably thinking about going up to Gainesville for that one, and rightfully so. But we always knew that we were going to get this home matchup with Colorado probably a little early in the season as well. Um, I think Arizona looks like it might end up being the space game. Try, I mean, imagine trying to explain that to a UCF fan You know, two years ago. <laughs> That Arizona is yep. going to be the space game. So that's going to be fun. And then capping it off with Utah is interesting because you don't have that like, like Cincinnati, I think we would have said is our like our adop- adopted new rival full time yep. now that you're not playing USF anymore. And it's interesting that like that's not really being played during rivalry week anymore, is it? It's just kind of there at the end of the schedule. And it might be just be a rotating of who we're going to play at the end of the season, not set in stone. And it's Utah. So your toughest game is going to come at the end of the season. How about that? But at least you get that one uh, at home. Yeah, and I have a couple thoughts, and we'll—I'm not going to give them all out front. We'll—we'll we'll go through game by game, and I'll give my thoughts. But um, let's do it. Let's go and let's just get started. We're just going to do on the first two, Nick. I think it's safe to say that we can just kind of skip over these two Correct. as two and zero. All right, you get New Hampshire at home. You get Sam Houston at home. Uh, the first game's on Thursday, August 29th, which again, hate the Thursday games. It's all it seems like the last couple years now we start on a Thursday. 
But there's a couple other big team, Big 12 teams that are also starting off Thursday this year as well. I'm facing, you know, um, a kind of gimme opponent. So New Hampshire on August 29th and then Sam Houston on September 7th. And then basically your first, again, back-to-back years, which is one thing I don't love. It's not, you know, the worst thing in the world, but first game uh, on the road in Big 12 play going to, uh, to TCU in Fort Worth. Um, obviously, Nick, TCU has kind of, they were, they were in the college football playoff. They were in the national championship uh, not even two years ago. Last year took a steep decline. Uh, they weren't very good last year. I think the first game, Colorado was made to be one of the best teams in the country by beating them at uh, their place. But, I mean, this year, it, we have no idea who the quarterback is. Ken Seals, it seems like that might be the QB, um, but it seems like there might be a quarterback competition. How tough is it? Because I don't want to get, like, listen, we're not going to sit here and act like we know the ins and outs of every one of these rosters. I think TCU is one that we definitely need a little bit more um, of a study session with. I know they brought in a good amount of transfers, um, but Nick, what is it about going on the road? Again, back-to-back years, first Big 12 game. It's one of those games where you're going to find out who you are really quick. Yeah, it's a good little litmus test, and not and not in the sense of like TCU is going to be one of the best teams in the Big 12. Um, I don't think we're really expecting that at this juncture, but they're kind of a mid-level Big 12 team. I probably would describe them at this point, so... It'll be a litmus test from that standpoint to see kind of what UCF is, at least early in the season. Because again, you're not the same team in week three as you end up being in week nine or week 10 or whatever. I mean, UCF certainly was not. I mean, they ended up winning games at the end of the year. They weren't doing that during that mid part of their schedule. So things will probably change, but it will be a nice little test for them. I mean, going on the road in conference, no matter who you play, is always going to be tough. Um and that seems like it's a good environment as well. So, yeah, I think right off the bat, like you said, you're getting thrown into the fire of Big 12 play on the road, and it's, you know, which UCF team are you going to get? Yeah, and I want to say, before we start making the Big 12 predictions, a lot can change from February to August. Players can leave. Teams can get better that we're playing. So we're basing this off of what UCF has done in the transfer portal, who they brought in. Um, specifically KJ Jefferson. I think that is a huge part of these predictions. Um, but Nick, go ahead and give your take on this game. Obviously, we both have them starting out 2-0. Do they go 3-0 and heading into their first bye week? I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. I think they go to 3-0. and I think they get that win uh, at TCU. And you see, like, it's going to be the real first. Because, I mean, again, the first two games were just kind of... I'm sure UCF will put a lot of points in that one. Uh, put up a lot of points in that one. I'm sure the it's going to make us will, all believe they're one of the best right. teams in the country. Like exactly, every year. and you know, yeah. but I do think they're going to go on the road and get that win over TCU. Because listen, I think UCF. You know, I don't know how many teams they were more talented than last year in the Big Twelve in the first year. I think we have a better idea of the talent that they have and how it stacks up. I do think that their roster is more talented than TCU. Doesn't yeah. mean that naturally that team always wins, as we've always seen in college football. But again, we're making predictions um, as we're recording on the last day of January. So mm-hmm. at, right now, I think I'm leaning UCF starting out 3-0. and All right, I'm going to agree. I think this is, again, kind of same thing with the Boise game, where week three, you kind of had two cupcakes. Now, I'm not saying Boise 
is kind of TCU. But you saw Boise ended up having a pretty good end of the year, even though they fired their coach, made it to the Mountain West Championship. So, I mean, I think it's very comparable. Going on the road, third week, hostile environment, TCU is a hard place to play, and trying to pull out a win. And then you get a bye week the very next week. So I think the coaches are definitely going to emphasize that, just like they did this year. Um, now, granted, the Boise game was rough. It was a rough game. But I think at the end of the day, you found a way to win, um, and the defense came to play. So, And again, this a lot of these wins are going to be, is the defense better than it was last year? If the defense right. is the same as last year, these, these predictions get thrown out of the window. You're assuming that the defense is going to slightly, if not significantly, improve. Um, so then week four, you're off. Or, well, yeah, week four, you're off, get a bye week. And that is actually a pretty good place for the bye week because you get Colorado coming into the bounce house on Saturday, September 28th. Nick, in my opinion, looking at the schedule, I think after the bye week, it's one of your harder stretch. I'd say your harder, your hardest four-game stretch of the season. I don't think Cincinnati is going to be hard, but you have Colorado, Florida, Cincinnati, and Iowa State. We'll start with Colorado, but my take on Colorado is they're going to be significantly good offensively. If you have a bad defense, it's going to be an offensive shootout because Colorado, they're going to be able to put up points. Dion, I already looked up tickets today. They're going for like 300 a pop. It's going to be probably one of the best atmospheres that we've seen in the bounce house. They didn't show a lot last year, I think, back end of the year. Now, the Pac-12 was really good. I think they're going to be a little bit more improved this year in the Big 12. What's your take on Colorado? Not an easy uh, first game in the bounce house uh, at home for the Big 12 play. But if there's any game you want to start out with early, I think it'd be this one. Yeah, and I, I do think this game has a chance, not just on UCF schedule or Colorado schedule particularly, but the entire Big 12 has a chance to be the most one of the most exciting games of the entire Big 12 slate. I mean, these, these two teams may very well have the two best offenses in the Big 12 when it's all said and done. There's some other teams there that are going to challenge for that, but there's a lot of firepower here, we obviously know, and there's going to be a lot of hype for this game on campus. Uh, I'm sure it probably is going to be the best atmosphere you have all season long, especially if the tickets hold up like that, of uh, being you know 300 a pop and stuff. I mean that's crazy. That's absolutely yeah. nuts. Um, I mean Colorado was four and eight, four and eight last year, and they went like one and seven down the stretch. You know we all it's well documented. It's been a a strange off season, maybe I guess if you want to look at it like that for Colorado. Um, what is their strategy long term in the in when it comes to high school recruiting? But again, there's been a lot of roster turnover here. They still do have one of the better transfer classes coming in, I think basically because of the sheer volume, quite frankly, of who they're bringing in. But Shudder Sanders is still around. Uh, Travis Hunter is still there. Weaver, I mean, they still got all their their weaponry on offense. And, and kind of like UCF, it, what's their defense going to look like? What's their offensive line going to look like? I know they've like completely revamped the O-line, and that was like kind of their downfall in the second half of the season last year. So... Yeah, this one has shootout written all over it, and I I hate to even like pick this game. I really do. Cause I because like, yeah, like Colorado was four and eight last year, yes, but there's just something about that that program that I think everybody gravitates to, and it wouldn't surprise you if 
they were a lot better next year because they do have talent on there. And Shadur is one hell of a quarterback. Um, hmm. See, when it comes down to stuff like this, I'm just going to go with the home team. It's my cop out for right now. I'm going to go with the uh, the home team to win. And in that situation, it is uh, it is UCF. So, 4-0. So, as you were talking, I flipped back and forth again, probably like 10 times. Because I could see both teams winning. I could see both teams losing. Uh, it's going to be one of those games. I could see it being a three-point game. I could see it being a 10-point game. Uh, again, this all comes down to defense and how much better these defenses are. I'll go with the home team, which I it's kind of I was this close to giving UCF a loss there. Uh, but I think again, I do think there has to be something. The only way I'm going UCF is the bye week. We get a bye week before Colorado, a week of rest. I'm pretty sure Colorado is at home the week before UCF. Um, so I think the extra bye week will help uh, prepare UCF a little bit more. But it would not shock me in the slightest if Colorado came to Orlando and pulled off a win. All right, the number one game on everybody's schedule, uh, the game that we will be attending. I don't care how much tickets are. We will be buying them and attending because this won't happen for another seven years. Uh, but at Florida, uh, game got scheduled a couple years back. Uh, I think it's one of those things, Nick. This is the game where I think UCF fans would be totally fine. Or let me rephrase that. If UCF had a terrible year, but they won that game, I think there's like a little bit of solace knowing at least you won that game. Uh, it's weird. I've, I'm more confident about the Florida game than I am the Colorado game, which is weird because you would think Florida's the better team has the better roster, you're away, and yet why do I get the feeling, I've had the feeling for months now, that UCF's going to go into uh, into Gainesville and get a W. Listen, do not hate me or anything, but <laughs> I actually find, I mean, right now, I'm actually leaning a, a Florida in this game. Listen, I, I understand Florida has, has their issues to sort through. Um, they have a very, very challenging schedule and particularly in the second half of the season when they get really into like the nitty gritty of SEC play. Um, Billy Napier's got to win games. The Swamp is a hard place to play. Yes, it is. I don't, I don't want that to get lost here. I know it's going to be great and we're looking forward to going in there and hopefully you can, you know, steal a dub and all that kind of stuff. The Swamp's a tough place to play. It's 90,000 people every single week. It is a big advantage no matter who's on the field for Florida, they typically do play better at home. Um, under my schedule prediction that I'm at right now, I have UCF at 4-0 going into this game. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Graham Mertz, can still, Graham Mertz is coming back. He quietly had a really good year. I know they got to replace Trevor Etienne. That's a big loss. I know they got to replace Pearsall, who's going to the NFL draft. There's been a lot of turnover on that roster, but you know, Florida's got to get some wins on this schedule. And the reality is, is the UCF game, along with obviously Samford and Mississippi State, uh, probably Kentucky, some of these other teams. I mean, those are going to be Florida's best shot to get wins. So, yeah, yeah I again, hate me all you want, but for right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Florida because that's just such a tough environment, and I and I'm, I'd be curious to know how how uh, UCF adjusts in there. No, it's fair. Uh, the way I view it, and I think a Florida team going into Florida. 
has a much better chance than a team that is outside of Florida. And what I mean by that is, again, most of the kids that are on UCF's team were recruited by Florida or lived, have lived in Florida. Um, you saw it with USF a couple years ago where they went into the swamp and should have pulled out the W. So it, it's if you have a team going in to the swamp that's a Florida team, they have a significant better shot at winning that game and again again I think you look at the quarterback factor I think we have the better quarterback in KJ Jefferson than Graham Mertz I think Graham Mertz can sling it but I also think KJ Jefferson having played yeah. Florida last year that does matter that does yeah. ha- count and, for something and, too and I can I, I can think completely differently by the time we get to this game next year and uh I think it's still going to be in the September slate um or October first game of October yep. I could think completely different but you know who knows Even by then you, Billy Napier might be fired. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. That's the that's the challenging part. We're making predictions in January, but uh Yep. Yeah, and by the way, I'm not like I don't feel like like strongly about this. Like I'm probably like 51-49 if anything on this yeah. one. Yeah, uh same. I'm a little bit like 60-40. Um and trust me, I do not love that I'm 5 and 0 right now. Uh I maybe there's a part of me that wants to go back to Colorado and give us a loss there just cuz if we go five and zero, oh, I mean that would be absolutely crazy. Uh, let's go I'm to the next wait, game. I'm in wait and see mode. I'm in. I'm in, at some point. I'm in wait and see mode with this team just a little bit. As much That's talent as we have these, on the team, put put like twenty five asterisks next to all of the whatever we say. Put a huge, huge question mark. Huge because these are just solely right now how we're feeling in January and guess what clearly there's a little bit of missing that college football a little bit so it's like oh we could win that game who the hell knows if you lose to Sam Houston in week two then we're like oh okay let's uh let's chill out a little bit all right uh Cincinnati I don't want to spend too much time on this um (laughs) obviously Nick you're the one that you know you predicted before the season that Cincinnati would upset UCF um, now, granted, was Cincinnati was at home. It was a close game, um, but you always felt like UCF, you know, just had that game. Uh, I wrote their quarterback, uh, Brendan Soresby from Indiana, an in, in Indiana transfer. Cincinnati's not very good. They've done really nothing this offseason to make you think they're going to be a significantly better team. UCF has added three or four of their better players from last year onto our roster. I'm going to give that a win. Uh, again, scary six and zero. But Nick, what are uh, Cincinnati coming to the bounce house? Military appreciation game. Yeah, I don't give Cincinnati much of a shot. <laughs> being honest with you, <laughs> last year I thought they could pull off a, a sneak upset, and mostly because it was in Nippert, and I just, you know, you're scarred a little bit sometimes of some bad yep. memories in that stadium. But at home, I really don't see much concern. Uh, the Cincinnati team, I think, has a lot of work to do to get to a. Um, a Big 12 level, I fully expect them to have another year of severe growing pains before they can really shape that roster up. Like you said, some of their better players are now on UCF's roster. So I do think, given prediction I'm going through right now, I see them rebounding from a potential loss against Florida and getting that win over Cincinnati and moving to 5-1. and one. Yeah, I've got them six and zero, and yeah, for listen, it's the, it's the rivalry. It is the rivalry. Cincinnati players wake up for it. UCF players wake up wake up for it. I mean, RJ Harvey they released a clip today of him saying like, I don't know what it is about Cincinnati, but I wake up for it. So, um, right. yeah, that UCF I'm giving them a win here. Start six and zero. I can't believe I'm saying that. All right, 
Um, Saturday, October 19th, I'll start. It's at Iowa State. Loss. UCF will lose in Ames. Uh, this is the first loss I have on the slate. Um, listen, Rocco Becht is... You can make arguments for a lot of quarterbacks. I think he's the best up-and-coming quarterback in the Big 12 and maybe in the country. Uh, was a true freshman last year. Proved a lot. Uh, I think Iowa State's a really good, underrated football team, or at least they were underrated going into this year. Um, they're not underrated anymore. I think going on the road, Ames is a tough place to play. I'm going to give uh, UCF the loss here. Yeah, Iowa State is, I'll just say it right now, is probably my my sneaky underrated team in the Big 12. Uh, not necessarily to win the conference or anything like that, but um, what, they went 7-6 and six last year, I want to say. Yeah, 7-6 and six before they lost to the bowl game um, to Memphis. And, and you mentioned it. I think Rocco Becht, for a redshirt freshman last year, not the most talented Iowa State team necessarily. It didn't exactly start well for them last year, but I thought they really came on at the end of the season. Uh, they got wins over Oklahoma State. They got a win over TCU. Um, and then, you know, they came close to taking down Kansas. They took Texas to the limit to an extent. And then Kansas State, they go into Manhattan, and that's a tough place to play. And I believe that was the game where it was like a freaking blizzard during yeah. the game. And, they end up winning that one in, in a, a shootout in Manhattan. So I do think Iowa State, there's some continuity there. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do feel like this is going to be a, a loss for UCF because I do think this is one of the tougher games on the schedule that maybe we're not looking at enough. But um, if Iowa State goes out and performs like I think they will next year, I think you're going to see that it end up it will end up being one of the tougher games by the time we get to this time next season. For sure. So I've got them six and one. You've got them what five and two? Yep, five I and think. two. All right. Um, next week after that, um, back home against BYU uh, to see not a not an old friend because we never saw him. We saw the better quarterback, um, but Gary Bohannon with the BYU Cougars. I didn't know he wanted to be Mormon, um, but he said, hey, "I'll go play uh, football with them." Uh, so BYU comes into town. And listen, BYU was one of those weird teams last year. Like, I mean, they weren't really that good on offense. They showed signs they were good on offense. They had certain games where you're like, okay, why don't they play like this every week? Um, defensively, they were pretty sound. Uh, I I go based off of where it is. I think if you look at some of the teams here, like Colorado's a toss-up, you pick with the home team. I think BYU reminds me a little bit more of Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, in my opinion... Or I think BYU's better than Cincinnati, but I think coming into Orlando, BYU making the the trip all the way here, I'm going to go UCF here. Yeah, and I don't think they're better by better than Cincinnati by much. Um, no, it's another team that I I expect to probably be at near the bottom of the conference again for another year. Um, so I I do feel UCF gets a win here, goes to six and two. Not really much to add to that at this moment because it's one of the more just you know, meh games I guess on the schedule. You know. I don't know what BYU kind really of. offers to the conference. If I'm being, I don't mean to just completely trash BYU, but I don't really know what they add at the, right now. I mean, they've got a really good fan base. They've got a yeah. really good fan base. Yeah, in a, in a very uh, cool environment and everything. Like, like if you're like one of those guys or one of those uh, those fans who likes to go on the uh, the road trips and stuff to see the other stadiums and take in the other environments, BYU is a top one. So maybe I shouldn't be as hard on them, but uh, I just feel like in the in the modern day of college football, that's a hard path back to what they, they sort of were, were three, four years ago. 
No, but I think if anybody can get back, it's them with their fan base, with kind of their alumni base, especially. So, um, and again, fans pack out every event for them. Like I know, like even their soccer events, the fans pack it out. So, um, but unfortunately, they'll only get that little top part uh, at FBC Mortgage. So their fans can pack that out, but they're coming to the bounce house. So we'll go with UCF. Um, Arizona. This is a weird one, Nick, all right? Because two weeks ago, I would have told you probably a loss. Jed Fish, you got a lot of good players. No Fafita coming back. Uh, That's going to be a loss. Then Jed Fish uh, slaps Arizona fans in the face and says, bye, I'm going to Washington, Uh, which I think they've kept most of their players. So credit to Arizona. Uh, They have a new coach. And UCF announces that the space game is going to be against Arizona. I'm going to let you go first. Space game, new coach for Arizona. Hell of a quarterback, though, on the other side. In November, what do you think? I'm not going to move off much from this because I've kind of seen, now that we're a couple weeks removed or however long it's been uh, since Jed Fish has departed and, and Brent Brennan has come in from San Jose State, I think we were all kind of waiting to see, okay, who's going to go in the portal? And Fafita obviously was going to be the big one. He stayed, and I think that's really big. And I haven't really yeah. seen too many guys necessarily leave the program. So this is a really good roster. I've seen, I mean, if you look at some of these way too early, like top 25 polls, I've seen a few where Arizona's getting like top 10 praise, like truthfully. Um, yeah. So again, this is going to be, like I said, Utah is probably the toughest game on your schedule. This is right there with that one, probably 1A and 1B. Um, it's kind of funny because this is the space game, and UCF doesn't lose the space games for whatever. It just doesn't happen. But this Arizona team is immensely talented. Uh, I just can't pick UCF to win the game right now. I just can't. Yeah. That's one of those where I have to wait and see. But for right now, in January... How do you, I mean, how do you pick UCF, honestly? That's nothing against UCF. It's more just talking up Arizona. How in the world do you pick UCF to win that game at this moment, no matter where that's played? I think there's only two reasons you would. Number one, you don't know how the players are going to respond to the new head coach. And then number two, it's the space game. And if those are your only two reasons in January, then you stick with Arizona. Yeah, and I, and I will say Arizona, Arizona. Arizona does run a gauntlet before they get to UCF. Like the schedule, they've they got to play... Like, they get their two cupcakes to start, but then they go Kansas State, Utah, Texas Tech, EYU, Colorado, West Virginia, before they get to UCF. So, and they don't have a bye week before that as well. They kind of, they literally run through that. They run through that entire schedule without a single uh, bye week. I think they have one actually between Kansas State and Utah, but other than that, they're going to be running through the gauntlet of the Big 12 right there. So, I mean, imagine having to face Colorado, West Virginia, and UCF in a three week span. Right. I mean, three of the top offenses. In and the, then in even the beginning the of the year, Kansas State, Utah, Texas Tech, back to back yeah. to back. And those games are all on the road, by the way, for Arizona. Yeah, they don't have it favorable. If they win those games, I think it only solidifies that it's going to be a tough one for UCF. But yeah, I'm going to agree. I Listen, I think we can look months from now and maybe switch up. Obviously, it's January. I'm sticking, Jed Fish or not, I'm sticking with the roster. The roster is an elite roster in college football. They proved that last year. Um, And I think keeping your top guys, including Fafita, was important. Um, And I think they're going to really make, catch some eyeballs 
in the Big 12. So right now, we'll say UCF loses at home to Arizona, which I don't even know the... I'll just remember my losses, so I'll remember the record. Um, then November 16th, bye week. Never mind. Nope, I'm skipping. Uh, then we go back to back. So you got Arizona at home, and then you travel on the road to Arizona State. This is an interesting one, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Jaden Rashada, uh, he basically, did he get hurt? I think he got hurt in the middle of the year. So he didn't play much, um, but you're assuming he's going to be their QB um, going into next year. Obviously, traveling to Arizona, it's definitely a road trip, um, but Arizona State, to me, doesn't necessarily, if you get Arizona the week before, you should go out and be able to beat Arizona State on the road the next week. Do you agree with me, Nick? Or yeah, I, I think you should. Now, I think Arizona State is going to be um, improved for sure. Over, I mean, I yeah. saw some a handful of their games this year. I mean, the Washington one sticks out where they they played that one really hard. So, um, yeah, I think we all kind of think a lot about Rashada if he ends up being the guy. I don't think he's going to be just given the quarterback. Uh, one title necessarily. I think it's going to be like a three-man race, I think, if I have that right, the three-man competition for that job, but he's definitely the most talented of the bunch. Um, I do think a lot of Kenny Dillingham as a head coach as well, but I just don't think they're there right now. They're just not there. I think UCF is far superior from a roster standpoint. A little bit of a tough place to play over there in in, uh, Arizona State, though, but I do give UCF a victory here, and uh, I'm at 6-3 and right now. You're at six and three. I've got what losses to Arizona and Iowa State. So I'm no, at eight I think and two. I'm at seven and three. I'm You're at seven and three. I'm at eight and two. There you go. Um, there we go. Okay, so then you're off on November sixteenth. You get a bye week um, before you have two tough games. One away, one at home. Um, on the road, November twenty third against against West Virginia um, in Morgantown. Here's my take on this game. Because West Virginia has a really good offense. We saw it in the bounce house. They could put up points. UCF was hand-in-hand battling with them up until the fourth quarter. You you felt like UCF and West Virginia were evenly matched. UCF just made, again, too many mistakes. Turned over the ball, I think, four times that game. Going on the road, that's a tough environment. Tough place to play. But you have to think... You can go get a win in West Virginia. You have to kind of think you can go get that win with a team that you feel like you should have won last year at home. I'm going to go loss. I just talked myself out of it. I'm going loss to West Virginia. Now, granted, this is one of those like toss-ups where you kind of feel like, listen, this kind of gives me Texas Tech vibes where you're like, you could go in and get that win on the road. It's not an unbeatable team on the road. West Virginia is a tough place to play. They're a better team, which it's crazy since there were talks of the head coach getting fired last year, had a really good year, wins the Mayo Bowl, beating North Carolina. I think UCF takes a loss uh, in the penultimate. Would it be penultimate week? I guess penultimate week, potentially. Um, they take a loss to West Virginia. Yeah, the story of last year's game really, and we were unfortunately there for that very sad, sad day in the bounce house. Um, it was self-inflicted errors by UCF. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It was a turnover fest, um, and the offense kind of just stalled in the second half, and it became very, very disappointing. West Virginia is a team kind of like Iowa State. 
I think is flying under the radar. Maybe not as much though, because again, West Virginia is another team where I look at these like way too early top 25s. I've seen some people flirt with them a little bit there under the little receiving votes category or, or a couple sites have had them, you know, in that 22 to 25 range. Um, yeah. I think Garrett Green took a lot of steps as a quarterback last year and obviously he's coming back and he's going to have more experience. So West Virginia is another team that I do think highly of in the conference. Uh, this is another game where if you want to go on a road trip, Morgantown is an awesome, awesome environment to, to take in a game. That's going to be a lot of fun. I do think UCF is going to have to steal a game on this schedule. One of these toss-up games. And I've had them winning a few of those. I've had them losing a few of those. I'm going to give them a win right now because I had a number... I had a... When I went into this, I had a certain um, a schedule pr- a prediction from a win-loss a standpoint number. in mind. I had one in mind, and I was going through this how I wanted to almost craft it. Uh, and I think they'll steal one here in Morgantown before they get to the season finale. And I got them at 8-3 and three at the moment. Yeah, I've got them, I guess at... I think we're at the same point now, eight and three. And that is one of those games where that is a toss-up. Like, that is a game where you could definitely see them winning, you could definitely see them losing. Um, But then Black Friday, November 29th, you have Utah coming in. I'm going to be honest. Let's not spend too much time on this. Um, That's an L. Uh, You're going to lose to Utah. Uh, Unless, for some reason, UCF is just turning heads, turning eyes, and... For some reason, UCF is a one-loss team going into this weekend or an undefeated team. Utah is just a really good roster that's returning basically everybody. Cam Rising was out all last year. He's going to be healthy coming in. The only chance that you have is this is the last week of the year. The only chance is Utah just for some reason is just not very good, which... Let's be real here, Nick. In the Big 12, anything can happen. So teams that we think suck, like we thought West Virginia was going to be terrible, and then guess what? They you know, proved us wrong. But Utah is just probably, if we're being completely honest, the clear-cut favorite to win the Big 12 uh, in their first year. But I'm going to give UCF a loss here. Yeah, I, I love the Utah program, and you heard me talk about that a little bit you know, throughout the season even though we didn't play it because I just Kyle Whittingham. I'm just, I just really think he's, I don't even know if he's underrated anymore. I think he's getting properly rated. I think he's a top 10 head coach in college football for what he works with. And a lot of the talent that they get over there in, in that, uh, in that program, they have the best shot of any school in the big 12. I think at this moment to make the college football playoff, it's going to be their last game of the season. So, you know, there's going to be high stakes. Um, I like that UCF gets this game at home. But again, kind of how I feel about the Arizona game, I'm just not there yet to just predict an upset or something crazy like that. That's another one where, okay, UCF, go ahead and show me who you are before I can give you a real shot in a game like that against Utah. Not saying it's going to be necessarily a blowout or anything. I mean, the two best teams UCF played this past year on their schedule was, were Kansas State and Oklahoma. Neither of those games were blowouts. They were in, I mean, they were in the Oklahoma game all the way to the end. And they were in the Kansas State yeah. game for essentially three quarters, both on the road. So, not saying it's going to be a blowout or anything, but I think it's pretty cut and dry right now that you probably have Utah winning that football game. And we're, we both at eight and four, I guess. Both which eight is, and four. Which is, which is what I was leaning towards right now. I think that's a very, I think it's a safe predictor right now. 
That was my record last year as my cut even keel. Yeah, I've given him um, a two jump, now, a two win jump. Which I, I mean, let's call it like it is. KJ Jefferson, if if KJ Jefferson was on the roster, let's be honest with ourselves. If we were going in with Timmy McLean, how many wins would we predict on the schedule? Six, five. Like if we're being honest with ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Timmy can win games, uh, but it's more so about what the defense is going to look like yeah, under sure. Ted Roof. I mean, I think this is all contingent on that because I know UCF's going to score a lot of points. I know they're going to move the football. They're probably going to finish, guess what, top 10 or higher in the entire nation in yards per game. That's just the way they're built. They have enough talent there, all those things. It's just defensively, what are they going to look like? I mean, we know they've replenished that linebacker room like crazy. They've added like five or six guys from the portal, and it's like, okay, somebody's going to stick. Somebody, one of you knows, one of you is going to end up working out. Okay. And hopefully two of you do at least. Um, but, you know, I look at that defense and I'm still looking to see who are the dudes going to be. Like, who are your true dudes? And yeah. I mean, you can, you can say Malachi Lawrence looks like a dude, um, John Walker looks like a dude. You kind of know what you're like getting. Yeah, you know what you're getting from Lee Hunter and Ricky Barber. You know, those are the two of the vets in the building. Uh, the secondary is going to be interesting how that shakes up. You're going to have a lot of competition back there. And then, like I said, the linebacker room. So I got to see who, who are the dudes on this defense. That's going to be a big part of their of their story, I think. And listen, this is one of those, I usually am the type of guy that likes to put a ceiling and a floor. Um, I'm not going to do that. Because looking at some of these, I think you won't like what I say for the floor. And ceiling, you're not going to like what I say for ceiling. So well, I'm just going to keep I, it I, at I, 8 I mean, and 4. I'll give you a ceiling and a floor. It's pretty simple. Okay, let's, mean, let's, let's, let's say at the same time what we think the ceiling is. Okay? Okay. 3, 2, 1, 9, and 10 3. 10 and 2. Okay. Ten and two is my ceiling. If everything goes right, I had right, ten and two. I had ten and yeah. two, but then I switched it to nine and three. And that's so assuming the offense you. has enough talent to beat anybody. And it just how much is the defense going to improve? Right, Gus's yeah. in-game decisions, those things like that. The floor, I put it six and six, primarily because they went six and six last year. Right, they pieced that together somehow, and yeah. I think the roster, even with some of the losses to it, I think is better this year than it was last year. A hundred percent. But again, here's where the six and six, if you don't win at TCU, like if you take a loss to TCU, then your season starts to look a little bleak. Because if we go through the schedule, just say you lose to TCU. Colorado's a toss-up. Then you got Florida. That's going to be a tough one. Cincinnati, okay, we'll give you a win there. Iowa State, probably a loss. BYU, that's probably a win. So if you lose the toss-up to Colorado... At that point, you're four and four and four. Yeah, you're four and four heading into Arizona, Arizona State, West Virginia, and Utah. Right. So that's why in my head, I'm like, I think my floor for them is five and seven. And that's not saying that is not saying like they are a five and seven football team. What it's saying is you have the talent. Defensively, if you are what you were last year, there is no doubt in my mind you can go five and seven. Right. And guess what? Five and seven could lose Gus his job. Like, that's just plain and, and if simple. You, if you listen to Gus, and I don't know if you've done a show since Gus spoke at his presser um, last week, but 
uh, if you listen to how he talked about it, I mean, he was, if you kind of read between everything, he made it sound like, and listen, I got no problem with this. I want this from my program. He thought we were going into last year and we were going to have a real shot at winning the conference. That was his goal. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, some people were saying like, oh, well, all things considered, what happened last year was a success. Yes, I even said that. From a fan's point of view, 6-6 six and six last year in your first year in the Big 12 was a success. That's from a fan's point of view. From a coach's point of view, and then on top of that, losing the bowl games for as irrelevant as those things really are nowadays, it still shows a 6-7 and seven on the win-loss column, something that Gus Malzahn has never dealt with. I mean, think about that, Sean. This was one year in the Big 12 coming from the American. And they didn't even win the American the year prior. They lost five games. Let's remember that. And one six and six regular season, then losing a bowl game in Tampa. And Gus Malzahn has treated it as if they went like two and 10. Yeah. By changing so much of this staff and the way he's speaking to the, I mean, he was very convincing about what the goal is this year and what the standard is going to be. Like, I mean, I personally like that. A hundred percent. And him, listen, it's a hard thing for a head coach to go to both your coordinators and say, you're getting demoted. And I'm bringing in a coordinator and we still want you on the staff, but you're getting demoted because it just wasn't right. good enough. Listen, that takes a real head coach. And for, listen, like, you can criticize Gus for taking over play calling duties and all that stuff if you don't like how he calls plays. It's very frustrating for me. Because it's like, yes, you can criticize somebody play calling, but also look at just the stats. And every year that Gus has been the head coach of UCF, UCS, UCF has been a top 20 offense. So it's like, look at the roster, see what you have, bring in some new coordinators, bring in some new coaches, and see what you got. And again, we won't know about this team until August. We'll look in the spring. We'll see how KJ looks. We'll see how the defense fares. We won't know until... Technically, week three against TCU. And guess what? We said that last year. We won't know what this team is until they play Boise State. That was what we said. And then when we played Boise, we said, and to be honest, if we really just looked at that game and said, eh, they played a team with competition. They made so many turnovers, so many mistakes, and they just barely squeaked by with a win. If you would have got Colton Boomer from week 12 and week three, you lose that game. So... It'll be interesting, but we both say eight and four. That's our way too early predictions, but it's good to look at the schedule. I think UCF has a really good schedule. It's one of the better schedules in the Big 12. Hard, but not too hard. Good bye weeks where they are. Um, I don't love the one thing I was going to say. I don't love the Colorado-Florida back-to-back. I think that's going to be a tough, a tough back-to-back having to play Colorado, the team they are, having to go to Florida, that's going to be a tough emotional two weeks because the players are going to want to beat Dion, and then the players are really going to want to beat Florida. So that's going to... And then, listen, I'm not going to say they're going to lose to Cincinnati, but when you have such a... I mean, you have a third emotional game, but it's not on the same level. You can go into week three and kind of put up a stinker. Yeah. I mean, I do I do put perspective behind all those things because you said you were bothered by the fact that they have to play those two teams back to back. I mean, welcome to being in in the big leagues in college football. Yeah. I mean, this is I mean, this and this is what you want. You want big games. You want to be on the national stage. If you want to get to, at the end of the day, 
Only one team from this conference realistically is going to get to the college football playoff in most years if I had to bet moving forward. That is the reality. Oh, yeah. um, so you take what you're given, and the perspective there that I would give you is that is very light considered to what some of these other teams in the Big Ten and the SEC. I mean, I go back to Florida. They are playing Georgia, Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, and Florida State with zero bye weeks in between that. Okay. It can always be worse. Yeah, it can be always be worse. <laughs> let's be grateful. All right, everybody. Let me know what you guys think down below. Are we stupid? Do you guys see them going undefeated? 10 and 2, 9 and 3, 8 and 4, 4 and 8. Whatever you guys think, drop it down in the comment section below. Um, UCF basketball played last night. I'm going to the game tonight. I hope it's a win. Go and beat who Baylor. We, who we got tonight? Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, I know. Big 12 has like, been slacking a little bit the last couple weeks. Went from being really. the best conference. Good... Co- I've heard a lot of people saying that maybe it might be a little overrated, even though it has there's all still, this quality there's depth. Still, but... There's still eight teams in the top 25. So for right. their overrated, there's still eight teams in the top 25. I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, please like, subscribe, comment, share. Do all that you do. We do have hats still available link is down below to the etsy shop if you want to purchase one we'll be back next week have no idea what we're going to talk about might be a potential boom boom coming next week wide receiver boom that we might get into um and we might talk some more Javon baker the senior bowl see how he continues to do as well as john rice Plumley at the east west shrine bowl all right everybody this has been charge on presented by bet online we will see you next week Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.